The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Basketball Society. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Atlantic Files, brought to you by BasketballSocietyOnline.com and the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. As always, you are joined by myself, your host, Alex Fishbein. So, I want to say, um, later on in this episode, we welcomed, we welcomed back Mike Bash, uh, to talk about Steve Nash and the Brooklyn Nets. But um, before I get to that, we recorded that a little bit earlier from the time I'm recording this because I wanted to talk a little bit about the crazy, crazy game six between Toronto and Boston. Um, when we talked about, when, when I talked to Mike Bash, that was before that game um, took place. I think it was actually before, it might have been during it while it was taking place, but it was just before the ending. Um, so I just wanted to talk about that a little bit here. And first off, that game was absolutely insane. Um, I mean, the fact that it went in a double overtime and the whole time you're watching, you're thinking like, okay, you know, Boston can win this and it ends the whole series. And then we got Boston, Miami in the Eastern conference finals, but Toronto, if they win this, it's going to set up an awesome game seven because who wouldn't want a game seven of this series? This series has not disappointed other than maybe one game. Um, and I think that was uh game five when Toronto was just really, really cold. And I mean, Every team's going to have that type of night. Boston's had that type of night as well before. So it, it it sets up an amazing Game 7, which happens tonight. Um, As I'm saying this, the, uh, it is Friday. And it according to Bovada Sportsbook, we have the Boston Celtics as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Now. I don't know if I agree that Boston is that much of a favorite. Um, I think it should be at most one, one and a half. <laughs> uh, I, I think that the the way that the Raptors have played most of this series should tell you that they are going to bring it right to Boston the whole time. Both defenses, as we've talked about before, have been, I mean, vicious. They've been attacking each other like crazy. It's been uh, ridiculous seeing guys like Kyle Lowry and Marcus Smart go at each other and OG Ananobi and Jalen Brown and all of these guys just going back and forth, back and forth has been wildly entertaining um and and let's just shout out can, can we shout out Kyle Lowry real quick because we have not necessarily me but the general basketball viewing public has given Lowry so much crap 
over his career about not coming up big in the playoffs, about disappearing every time he got into the postseason and just shooting terribly, not playing well for his team and always losing when it was him and um, DeMar DeRozan as their leading two. Then you have last season happen where, yes, we know Kawhi was the reason that they won that game, but... Well, I should say won the postseason, not won that game. But Kyle Lowry was still a humongous factor. Now we're watching Kyle Lowry be the sole leader, and he's coming up clutch. I mean, the bucket that he just took Kemba Walker down to the post and just got his own shot that he wanted, sunk it, and and really hit a dagger for Toronto was huge. First off, it Blows my mind that Boston actually allowed Kemba to get switched on to Lowry when you should have made damn sure that Marcus Smart was covering him. But I digress. Kyle Lowry came up huge. OG Anunoby hit another great shot. Norman Powell came up big time for Toronto. He hit the couple free throws at the end as well to really seal the deal for them. And then... Uh, and then Marcus Smart starts chirping, you know, to, to Toronto at the end there. And the, the team start exchanging words. But ultimately, Toronto gets off the court because they're like, yo, we beat you guys. It's game seven. It's do or die. This is what it's going to be. Um, I I do think it's going to be a bit of a high scoring game. Um even though it hasn't been super high scoring this whole series because of the defenses, I think this one they're just gonna both teams are gonna come out firing a lot. They're gonna come out super aggressive on both sides, and they're going to take it right to each other. Um, according to Bavada, the over under for this game is two oh four. So I, I think it's gonna be higher than that. I, if I was if I'm betting, I think I'm taking the over because there is just there's so much that could go on just if you have Lowry and Siakam and Van Vliet uh shoot how they normally have been shooting throughout this whole bubble experience and even in the first round it it, it could be deadly I mean again we'll revisit the fact that they did put up 150 points in the first round also on the other side if you have Tatum Kemba and Brown all catch fire it's the same exact result you put both of them together, yo, that that would be an insane game seven. Insane. But either way, uh, this game seven is going to be crazy. It's going to be super fun. And uh, also, according to Bovada, we have the Celtics with a slightly better chance to become the Eastern Conference winner. The favorite is Miami at at minus 110, but the Celtics are at plus 220. The Raptors are at plus 275. And then the Miami Heat also have the better chance to win the championship out of the East with the Celtics at plus 650 and the Raptors at plus 900. Either way, going to be an awesome Game 7 and it's going to be super fun. Um, I'm excited for it. I hope everyone else is excited for it because this is just good quality basketball and it's going to be amazing to watch. So 
Uh, let's get ready for some awesome playoff basketball. And now what I will do is I will take you on over to my conversation with Mike Bash about Brooklyn, about Steve Nash, and about more. So thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you hit the subscribe, you like this video, you comment below. We hit 700 subscribers, so thank you for everyone who has subscribed to the Basketball Society channel. Make sure you tell at least one friend about it so we can hit 1,000 before the end of the year. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Check out this clip. Uh, well, it's a bit of a lengthy clip because it's a good conversation with Mike. And let me know what you guys think. Thanks, guys. I'll see you next week. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Atlantic Files, brought to you by BasketballSocietyOnline.com and the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. As always, you're joined by myself, Alex Fishbein, and we bring back Mike Bash, the voice of the people for the Brooklyn Nets. What's going on? Um, not much. Uh, glad to be back. Excited for uh, the road ahead for the Brooklyn Nets. It's uh, a new era, I guess, you know, with KD coming back. Steve Nash joining as a coach. So it should be uh, exciting times for the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, no, for sure. I mean, they, uh, they, they threw us a little bit of a uh, curveball. I mean, there was the talks of them going with uh, Greg Popovich, trying to, to get him if he didn't retire. There was rumors of plenty of other coaches. Um, and then all of a sudden it was like, boom, it's done, Steve Nash. <laughs> yeah, I it was totally like out of left field. I did not see that coming. I, as you know, I, you know, I've talked to you throughout the year, and I, I was wanting Greg Popovich. That's that was the pipe dream. Oh yeah. After Greg Popovich, I was kind of like, what I want. Uh, I know there was talks of like a Jay Wright or a, or a Jawan Morgan. Not saying that they would go to the Nets, but the guys from the college ranks that were being talked about. Or, you know, the Ty Lue, who I didn't want Ty Lue. It, it, Ty Lue has, like, had his chance already, and it's clear, like, I don't think – I know the the Sixers just hired him, right, Ty Lue? Uh, Well, they said – it came out as, like, they were finalizing a deal, but then they retracted it and said they're, he's still the heavy favorite, but they're, they haven't finalized anything yet. Well, maybe they'll dodge a bullet there because I, I just – Ty Lue is fine as, like, an assistant coach, but mm-hmm. he won the championship off of LeBron, like, let's right. be honest. And ever since then, like, he he hasn't proven that he could be, a good, like, a great coach. I, there's other guys out there. If I were the Sixers, Billy Donovan's available. That's who That's I would true. go after. He, you know, he's shown with every type of roster he's had in Oklahoma City that he can coach. So, um, when it comes to the Nets, I had no idea. I was like, all right, maybe we're going to hire Popovich. Maybe we'll – bring back Jock Vaughn, which I was fine with because we did play well in the bubble or, you know, it, it was going to be somebody out of left field for, for all intents and purposes. I thought maybe we'd hire Becky Hammond. It was <laughs> that like, I was just, I had no idea what to expect when it came to who who's going to be the next coach in the Nets. And uh, I'm pretty happy with Steve Nash. I'm, I'm excited at least. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> when he became an option and then became the hire, I was like, wow, i if I knew he was an option in the first place, I would have said go with Steve Nash, uh, especially if you're not going to get Popovich. I mean, uh, we've seen Steve Nash um, coach for – well, be one of the assistants for Golden State, and it seemed like Steph and KD both really liked him. Uh, the, there was plenty of, like, pictures and videos of him working with them uh, before games and warm-ups and all that kind of stuff. And 
it, I mean, it seemed like everybody liked him. It seemed like he had some good things to say, which I mean, normally as a future hall of famer, uh, uh, you know, an NBA legend, uh, you're gonna have some good insight on everything. So I think especially for a guy like to keep your stars accountable, because now with Kyrie KD coming back, hopefully they stay healthy as well. I think it's big to have him because I think if anybody, he's going to know how to manage some egos since he was the point guard, was the leader of his teams and was able to manage them in game. Yeah. And you know, as well as I do, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving were the guys who maybe they didn't decide ultimately who the Nets were hiring as coach, but they spearheaded this decision. This wasn't a, like, we're going to pick our guy and hopefully everyone falls in line. It was KD, Kyrie, do you guys approve of this? Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Um, Steve Nash. Yeah. He's been with the Warriors for five years and you look at um, like in baseball, right? Catchers are always hired as, as coaches in, uh, in football, it's usually like quarterbacks or linebackers are hired as coaches. In um, I don't know about hockey; I can't go with hockey. But in uh, <laughs> basketball, it's always point guards, right? Point guards are like a coach on the floor. So you knew with a Hall of Fame resume on, on the court, and and the kind of guy that Steve Nash was—a guy who got everyone involved, always kept the offense moving. You knew he was a natural fitted head coach. It was just when the time would come. But when he works with the Warriors under Steve Kerr, head coaches can be figureheads in in some way where everyone below them is doing all the in and out work and they're just like managing everything. Mm-hmm. Steve Nash was helping out in, in Golden State. He was doing player development. He was helping the young guys. He was, I'm sure, giving pointers and, and lessons to even guys like Curry and Durant and Thompson leaned on him. So I'm sure he has enough of a base to be a strong head coach. And they retained Jock Vaughn, making him, I think, the highest paid assistant coach in the, in the league. So you have a guy who has coached at the NBA level. I think not only in the bubble, but prior, wasn't he a coach in like Orlando? I think Jock Vaughn. Yes. yes. I think he took over Orlando when they got rid of, I think it was like Scott Skiles. Yeah. So you have guys below him that are going to be there to help him with the, you know, the small intricacies of coaching. I'm excited. I can't sit here and say, oh, Steve Nash is going to bring this system with him because I don't know what Steve Nash's system is. Is he going to try to bring the, you know, Mike D'Antoni sons with him? Is he going to try to bring the Golden State Warriors uh, Steve Kerr system? I think it's probably going to be closer to the Steve Kerr system than the D'Antoni system because this Kerr system is proven to win while D'Antoni system is proven they can score a lot of points, but who knows when it comes to playoff time. But I think the the guys are going to listen to him and I, 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 as much as I don't want it to happen, I love Caress Levert. I think a big move is coming. Oh yeah, I mean, and I th- and I mean a monster move. I mean, I'd love to see it just to see what kind of move it's gonna be. Um, but just to touch on real quick what you said about um, Steve Nash bringing in like some sort of system, I think I, I agree with you that I think it's gonna be closer to the Golden State system because I mean when you're in there and you see how that system works, uh, it's been proven to work multiple times, especially now you also saw it work with one of the guys you're about to coach in KD. Um, mm-hmm. You add a couple more players uh, that are similar to that system and you, you can start cooking with gas. I mean, yeah. it, it's a, it's a good, uh, it's a good mold. And I'm sure there's some way to put Kyrie into that mold, even though he's not Steph or not clay. 
but yeah. um i think like even because like at the beginning of this season on bovada sportsbook we had brooklyn at like pretty close to the the top of like the east and now you bring in steve nash even without like a solidified system i think you're gonna see them at the top of the east again in in odds yeah and Yes, you kind of took the words right out of my mouth. Kyrie Irving is not Steph Curry. But mm-hmm. everything that Steph Curry can do, Kyrie Irving can do that. Kyrie Irving can shoot. Kyrie Irving can handle. Kyrie Irving can distribute. Kyrie Irving can get to the basket and make these, like, crafty layups. Yeah, he can't shoot at the level that Kyrie Irving – I mean, that Steph Curry can shoot. But he could, he could do everything that Steph Curry can do. So, um, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a Warriors-based system – uh, depending on if they go out and get a third star or say what, what they got. Um, either way, I think it'll fit. But I, I, I'm excited for the Nets. Um, I knew this year, this past year, was going to be like a, a tease in a way. Uh, right. Obviously, I hope that Kyrie Irving didn't get hurt. But it's Kyrie Irving. He gets hurt, you know, every time he runs to the stop sign. So, um <laughs> It is what it is, but I think Levert showed he could be good. I think Jared Allen showed that he can be good. We need to re-sign Joe Harris. Uh, but there's, you know, the, the team is good, and if Kevin Durant could be anywhere 80% of what he was, then the Nets have a chance. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, hey, I got to give you props. Harris was lighting it up in the bubble. Yeah, hey, it's a, it was <laughs> a call. I, you know, I, I think I said it a couple of years ago. Harris is going to be a bubble LeBron. <laughs> oh yeah we imagined the bubble three years prior we, yeah we were just I mean, ahead I, of the game I, it was a prediction one of my many predictions that ended up coming coming right <laughs> um but so I, all right i wanted to touch on that that deal you said obviously they have um i wouldn't say it's an issue but they have a bit of a strategy on their hands do they keep lavert do they trade lavert what do they want as that third piece to go with with KD and Kyrie? Um, if you had to say what you wanted or what you would do, what would that be? Well, what I what I would do and what I want are the same thing. Okay. Whether the other team decides to agree with my deal is the other thing. What I would love to see happen is the Nets trade Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, this year's first, next year's first, however many firsts they need to trade to the Milwaukee Bucks for Giannis Antetokounmpo. Okay. Um, Anthony Puccio, a Nets, like, beat writer for Nets Daily, I think, uh, tweeted out the possibility that some execs think that the Nets were going to try to trade with the Bucks for Giannis. Do I think it's going to happen? No. It's a pipe mm-hmm. dream. But then again, I didn't think Kyrie and Kevin Durant would go to the Nets two right. years ago. You know, So uh, anything can happen. I think the most likely scenario that a lot of people – have predicted is Bradley Beal. Uh, I wouldn't mind Bradley Beal. Wouldn't be sitting here pouting over Bradley Beal. Uh-huh. But it's if it's going to cost Levert, if it's going to cost Allen, and it's going to cost first round picks, I don't think Beal like fits with Durant and Kyrie. That like, but I I would want a big man if we're okay. You know, I Giannis is a small forward or whatever you want to classify him as. But I would want, like, 
not this player. I'm just giving you an example of a player because I know this is not going to happen. But like, I don't want like a Carl Anthony Towns or a Joel Embiid, like a a big man that could dominate in the post to let those two guys use the space outside. Not like another shooter. Right. Um, so if we if we had if, if there's a deal out there, I I don't know like what player in that mold is available. Um, off the top of my head, I really you know I really get like. Blake Griffin, but I don't want Blake Griffin. I, I, I can't really like I, I can't really think of another player in that mold that fits it. But um, that's what I would want. Um, but yeah, I think if it if they can get Giannis, obviously get Giannis. But if they can't, I would stick with Levert. Stick with Allen. I think Levert turns into an All Star next year. Maybe he doesn't go like nuts and score like twenty three, twenty four, twenty five a game, but. I could see him scoring 20 a game. The problem, and I think I said this to you in the text, is he's very ball-dominant. When he, like, when he's good, it's when he's ball-dominant. Right. And Kyrie Irving's ball-dominant. So can you run Levert in that, like, Manu Ginobili role or, or, or Harden role when he was with the Thunder, where he's, like, the sixth man, but he plays starter minutes. And when mm-hmm. Kyrie's, like, out uh, and they're giving him some rest, Levert takes over as the, as the go-to, like, ball handler. I don't know. It's it's for Steve Nash to figure out or Sean Marks to figure out, but that's that's what I'm thinking. I got you. No, I mean they. I feel like a lot of the rumors and the rumblings are for uh, trading Karis Lovert. Like I haven't really seen any of them that said like, "Oh, we're hearing that you know Brooklyn feels really good about Lovert and they're going to keep him." It's been mostly like, "Oh, they're looking at their options," or "Oh, there's this trade they could do, this trade they could do." Um, and I don't think that's any slight at Levert. Um, I, I think that it just shows that they need a higher caliber person to, to actually compete for the championship. Exactly. Yeah. The problem is, like I said, I just don't know. Like the, the trade, if they do make a trade, it's going to come out of left field. Yeah. Like we're all sitting here saying Bradley Beal, Bradley Beal, Bradley Beal. It's not going to be Bradley Beal. It's going to be like Chris Middleton for all I know. You know, it's going to be a guy no one's talking about. It's right. going to be uh, maybe Pascal Siakam. Uh, that's your pipe dream, but <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, that's a stretch right there. No, but you, you know what I'm saying. Like, it, it's going to be uh, Devin Booker. Like, it's going to be a guy that no one's talking about the Nets getting. And then out of thin air, Sean Marks makes a trade and everyone's like, oh, wow. Like, right. You know, how did they pull that off? So, I, I mean, I can go through the whole league, maybe C.J. McCollum, maybe, uh, um, you know, maybe James Harden's not happy in in, uh, in Houston. I don't know. I don't know. But it's going to be something out of left field. It always is. Um, right. Hopefully it's just a good one. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I do agree to your point that it would definitely be better to go with a big than it would a guard. Because if you do go with a guard, I feel like it would have to be someone like Clay Thompson just to – bring it back to golden State. yeah, yeah exactly exactly yeah and like you said i was gonna say the only people i can think of that i'm not saying they're on clay thompson's level but they're kind of like him in terms of that they're better at catch and shoot than they are needing the ball are people like you said chris middleton um like he's just one example of that kind of prototype and i think that uh I I don't think Chris Middleton would really get you to where you need to be. I like Middleton, but I don't think he's – I don't know. I just don't – especially come playoff time, 
I don't think he's really going to be the person you guys need to be. But I did see there was a, a tweet that I saw from a couple people um, it, like that are uh, beat writers and bloggers for the Sixers talking about what if they the Sixers did trade Joel Embiid if he demanded one to the Nets and they got people were saying like some kind of package that had both Lavert and Dinwiddie and picks. I mean, as a Sixers fan, I feel like I wouldn't do that. I like Dinwiddie. I like Lavert, but especially with a guy like Elton Brand, I don't trust him to make the right moves after that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I would love Embiid. And if it, if it costs two first and Levert or something like that, or even Levert, I don't think. See, the problem is I don't think the money. Like I don't think, I don't think the not the money, the fit for the Sixers. You really want Levert, Dinwiddie, and Simmons three point guards, even though Simmons should really move to the four at this point. Um, I don't know if the Nets would give up Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie and Levert because Dinwiddie does play that six man role perfectly. Right. Um, and he is a capable as a starter if if Irving's the missed time. Um, Embiid, uh, yeah, Embiid is a guy I would want. But I, I was kind of just while you were talking, I was kind of just looking up like top trade targets or most like guy guys most likely to get traded in the off season. Uh-huh. And one of the guys on the list came up perfectly to fit the type of player I think the Nets would need. Miles Turner. Okay. Now that's a guy I think would be out of left field. I got a stretch big man, but a guy who can still do some stuff in the post. Like he's 6'11", long, athletic. He's a more offensive – he's more offensively talented than uh, Jared Allen. Mm -hmm. So maybe if they flipped Jared Allen in a pick for Turner or something, because you have DeAndre Jordan, unfortunately, that might be the move that gets him over the top. I I don't know, but I – that was just kind of a guy I saw that came out of left field. The other names are like – Buddy Heald, who Buddy Heald might be fine, but he's probably overpaid at this point. Kevin yeah. Lovin again. Um, and then the other guy besides Bradley Beal was Zach Levin mentioning. Right. And right. I don't know if I, I don't think I think he's in the same boat as Wolver doesn't fit well with Kyrie Irving. Right. Yeah. I mean, especially because it feels like we've seen the best of Levert come out when he you know, is the number one option on a bad team. We, and I'm not trying to say that as in like Lavert doesn't have the talent. He has the talent, he has the skill, but we just haven't seen, can he do the same thing with a more limited amount of touches? Cause he's definitely like, if you put him on Brooklyn, he's definitely not getting the same amount of touches every night as Kyrie and KD. So yeah. Can he be, be more efficient? Yeah, is, exactly. Yeah. And on top of that, can he also be a reliable distributor? Because we know Kyrie, he's not the guy to go out and get you 10 assists a game. He'll probably give you like six or seven. Um, So that means you do need to pick up that slack somewhere else. Um, Is Levine that guy? Can he give you like five a game, six a game? Being that third option? Um, I know Dinwiddie will get you some as well, naturally coming in as a sixth man. Um, but yeah, I agree that that, that fits not great. Um, I do like miles Turner with that team. I think, I think he is like, um, at one point his defense was, was really, really good. He was up there with some of the elite rim protectors. Um, 
it was interesting because in the bubble we saw them use him like almost strictly on the perimeter like he wasn't really in the post all that mm-hmm. much because I think they got used to the fact that they had Sabonis down there and then in the bubble he wasn't there and they just continued with whatever offense they had um and, and you honestly know how much I love Sabonis oh yeah I, I was about to say if you guys got Sabonis that would be insane I was actually looking at one of my old bets from the offseason Put one dollar on Sabonis to win Most Improved. It was fi- it was like fifty five hundred to one. Oh God! <laughs> I came close. He didn't win it. I don't think he's gonna win it, but uh, it was up there. He made the All Star team. I was close. Um, but yeah, but the the problem with the Pacers is they don't want to play the two together. So right, you got to move one if you can't play them together because you can't have both of them come. Well, you can't have one of them come off the bench and think you're giving your best your team the best shot. Yeah, exactly. And if I'm if I'm the Pacers, realistically, I'm getting rid of Miles Turner before I get rid of Sabonis. Yeah, exactly. But um, so all right. So now you guys, you got Steve Nash. You're thinking about trading Levert. Um, do you? So is is Harris's contract up? Do you have to resign him right now? Yeah, he's a free agent. I I'm expecting Joe Harris to resign. Uh, I know the last contract he signed was two years ago. It was a two-year, $16 million deal. Right. I assume he's going to command the same type of contract. I I don't think Joe Harris really upped his game to go, hey, I want two for 25. I don't think his game got worse where he's going to be like on like a you know one-year, $5 million deal. Right. So if the money works, two for 16, two for 15, two for 12, two for 20, whatever that range is, I think they'll sign him if they, you know, if the money works. Um I would I would hate to see Joe Harris go just because, like I said, he's uh, you know, he's a bubble LeBron, so <laughs> no, right. he's he's not that good, but he's good <laughs> enough. Um, and you need that in a championship team. You need guys that can shoot, can defend, can fill their roles. And I think Joe Harris is a perfect role player on a championship contending team. Oh, completely agreed. And I mean, to be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if so. Say if the Sixers, you know got rid of one of the contracts they had. I wouldn't be surprised if they went after Joe Harris, especially because they desperately need the shooting. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if many of these other playoff teams went after Joe Harris. Um, like, especially uh, the Lakers. I think if they, once they shed the, the temporary contracts that they got of like J.R. Smith and Deion Waiters and all those guys, I feel like they would even go after Joe Harris, especially if they don't win the championship this year. Um, but I think that to stay to, to be that championship contender, I think that Brooklyn definitely needs to resign it. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, slightly off topic, but is J.R. Smith, like LeBron's new version of DeHonte Jones, where the guy doesn't play all year and then he just signs him. He gets him signed for the playoffs <laughs> as like a, as like a, uh, expensive cheerleader. <laughs> he might be. I mean, hey, I feel like if you can become that guy somehow, you might as well. <laughs> yeah, you just got to get inside LeBron's inner basketball circle. That's all. Yeah, that's exactly. All, that's all it takes. I mean, like, what? What? what they're not even using him. <laughs> like, they're they're not even using they're not using half the guys they signed like right at the end. Like Dion Waiters hasn't really played all that much either, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on. These rotations have been weird, what they use in the bubble and then what they're using in the playoffs. But we're uh, we're getting close. But, yeah, um, 
I think the Nets will back to the Nets. Uh, I think they'll resign uh, Joe Harris. I think part of me thinks one of Dinwiddie or Levert is 100% getting moved this offseason. I think Levert carries more value, so I think Levert can return them the most. Dinwiddie kind of fits his role perfectly. Um, I'd love to move DeAndre Jordan, but it's just right. not happening. Yeah. Um Especially and, not when you have Jared Allen there that other teams would want. But I do I, – I, I am excited for uh, Nicholas Claxton next year. I think if he can make, take the next step um, and become like a role player for us. Didn't you say he was going to become like the next KD? Yeah, just, just wait. Just wait. <laughs> no, I say he's the next Chris Bosh. Oh, Chris Bosh. That's what it was. That's what it yes. was. Just watch him play. Dominates the G League. Long Island Nets most valuable player, Nicholas Claxton. <laughs> Um, no, he, he, I like his talent and, and the trade that we made with you guys with the Sixers last year actually ended up uh, panning out for us. Cause we're going to get like the 19th pick this year since you guys didn't, uh, didn't really fare too well. Um, so it'll work out. Uh, who knows? And you guys who, got TLC and we got to, yeah. Um, can you explain <laughs> that to me? Timothy Luau Cabarro was like out of the league or like the 14th man on like the Suns or something. All of a sudden, he's dropping like 28 a game in the in the bubble. Where did that come from? <laughs> I wish I could tell you because, I mean, trust me, I was a TLC truther for a long time. I kept saying that TLC is going to be something, um, and for the longest time, he was proving me wrong. But and then the bubble came, and all of a sudden, TLC was like, "Nah, this is the time." <laughs> now let me ask you this: Did the Nets make a run next season in the preseason when they're looking to fill out their roster on maybe some veteran minimums? Mm-hmm. Did they go out and get a Michael Beasley after they uh, tried to get him in the bubble? Oh, I say do it. I mean, how about that? The Nets were like so decimated with coronavirus cases; it was insane. Oh yeah, I was like, come on! And we then we signed uh, we signed, but but of all people, didn't you expect Michael Beasley to get sick with? covid oh yeah <laughs> true i mean as it's crazy to me that like you have all of these guys that got covid before the bubble even started lou will went to go get wings in magic city he was perfectly fine <laughs> <laughs> but everyone else is like uh like dropping like flies before the bubble and then who who was it that went to go get food like from the delivery driver but he like crossed the line and then he had the he had to sit for like 14 days. It was a big man. I just forget who it was. I want to say it was like Christian Wood, but I don't think they were even in the bubble. Um, I know who you're talking about. It wasn't Montrez Harrell, was it? It could uh, have been. But I just thought, like, I just thought that was funny that, like, just just going to get your food from the delivery driver like you're you're following rules but you just cross this like imaginary line from the hotel <laughs> yeah um i can't remember i um i know exactly who you're talking about like i could picture it yeah maybe it was a laker oh it was rashawn holmes oh yeah good old rashawn holmes i just looked it up yeah rashawn holmes <laughs> Yeah, Rashawn Holmes quarantining after leaving NBA bubble for food delivery. He like crossed the you know the state border. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like if you if you're in Korea and you cross the uh, the demilitarization zone, it's like nope, you can't come back. Yeah, exactly. 
Oh, man. The, 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 in five years from now, ten years from now, no, when we're you know when you're talking to kid, some kid who's like 17, 18 years old in high school, you know you run across someone and you're like, do you remember the bubble? They're gonna have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. You know the bubble when the the three best players were Devin Booker, Dame Lillard, and T.J. Warren. <laughs> T.J. Warren. Where, I mean, I knew E.T. Warren could score. Where did that come? What happened? What were they serving in Disney World? Apparently, some kind of enhancers. I mean, <laughs> T.J. Warren turned into Bubble Jordan. Uh, you know, the Suns went undefeated. The Suns were eight and zero. And how? <laughs> how about that? The Suns go eight and zero, and they lose out on a playoff spot by a point. I know, right? <laughs> or a play-in game by a point. Like, oh. I felt so bad. And then all of that just for the the Blazers to get booted anyway. And remember how everyone going into the bubble world was like, what happens if LeBron gets sick? Or or what happens if uh, Giannis gets sick? Or or what happens if Harden gets sick or whatever? You're going to have to put an asterisk on this. Well, the Miami Heat just dismantled the Bucks. Oh, yes. And so are the Heat in the conference finals now? Yep. And yep. what's the other series? Raptors, Celtics, still? Yeah, that's 3-2 Boston. Boston. I want to see the Raptors again, but I think Boston's going to – so you're going to have Boston versus the Heat. See, yeah, that, that, no, that bothers me. <laughs> because Boston, like, with the whole Nets trade, right, mm-hmm. they're getting Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I was ho- so hoping on, like, that would never pan out for them and they never make it to the finals, and they never win. And realistically, like, if they get past the Raptors, they should beat the Heat. Right. Even though the Heat are hot right now. And then they're playing. And then we're going to have a Celtics-Lakers championship again, just like every year in the 60s and early (laughs) in the late 2000s. So it's not fun. I just think it's funny. I just think it's funny. I'd rather LeBron win than the Celtics win. Uh, I I would agree with you on that one. (laughs) <laughs> I would definitely agree with you on that one. But I think it's funny that, like, I mean, obviously we couldn't predict all the circumstances surrounding it, but they get rid of Kyrie and then they get rid of Horford. And now they're uh, like about, they're on the brink of the Eastern Conference finals and look like they can definitely win to make the finals. When like two seasons ago, it was like, Horford was one of their defensive saviors in the playoffs. Um, Kyrie was the one who like led them there in the first place, especially with Gordon Hayward out. Now it's like Gordon Hayward hasn't even been doing much as it is because he keeps Mm -hmm. getting hurt. And it's literally just been Tatum Brown and now Kemba that are just leading. I mean, there's, there's center for most of this has been Daniel Tice of all people. The the $5 million NBA (laughs) all-star. Well, I think the, the, the Sixers' fortune changed when they moved on from Aaron Baines. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, but they have the Time Lord. They have Taco Fall. Taco Fall comes in for half a second, gives up a three. Just, yeah, I know. know. <laughs> was, I don't know. I, I have a feeling the Raptors might come back and pull that one out. So we'll, we'll have to see what happens there. But it, the bubble's been interesting. Um, obviously, as a Nets fan, I'm looking forward to next year. I really don't care who wins this year. Yeah. But uh, it's definitely been an interesting whatever it's been, a month and a half or so. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you I couldn't predict half of what came has happened so far. Oh, I know. And real quick before before we get out of here, I just want to know two things. Um, how you feel? No, I won't. No, I won't trade you Alvin Kamara in my dynasty league. No, <laughs> no, that's fine. I, I mean, I have Zeke. I'm good with that. Okay. <laughs> but uh, how you feeling about about the Nuggets and and how they're looking? And the other thing is, um, so like, what is your now that we've fast forwarded ahead? Because I looked at our uh, predictions um, from last season, and both of us were quite off with a lot of things. Um, I think I well, thought I only make great predictions. What happened? <laughs> well, I mean, the playoffs have been pretty weird. I couldn't um, predict a, a pandemic. I mean, come on, give me some slack. Exactly, exactly. Like in the finals, I had Sixers and Clippers, and then in the finals, you had Nuggets and Bucks. So, damn, what one of ours both could potentially make it? <laughs> well, my, yeah. Um, I mean. The Nuggets, like, the pieces I thought would be good are mm-hmm. showing themselves to be good. Like, Jamal Murray's breaking out. Nicole Jokic lost a ton of weight, and he's been fine. Michael Porter Jr. has shown flashes. Even Bull Bull was like a, was like a sensation for eight games or whatever. And then oh, they, yeah. They don't use him in the playoffs, but it's all right. The 2021 Nuggets train is going to be ready to go. <laughs> Um, Jamal Murray's going to be an all-star. Nikola Jokic is going to be an MVP pick again. Bol Bol is going to be a starter at, at like shooting guard. And uh, <laughs> Michael Porter Jr. is going to be like the small guard. So we're fine. We're fine. I, I, I got to say, though, how do you feel that Paul Millsap has vote on the back of his name? So the jersey reads, vote for Millsap. I mean, I would vote for him. <laughs> like he you know he did that purposely <laughs> he probably was like this is going to be it's going to be good for the social justice thing and it's also going to play out well so we'll, we'll go with this one i i gotta say the funniest image that i saw um and it, it, it obviously it just just happened like the way gord so somebody i think it was somebody on the heat right was wearing was going up for a layup and like the back of their shirt said like like rate like inequality or something like that right mm-hmm. and and he's going up for a layup and gordon hayward is swatting the shot <laughs> and it was just a freeze frame of like you have a black athlete going up for a layup you have this white guy going and blocking the shot and then the back of the jersey says inequality it was just like you couldn't you couldn't have drawn that up to be like really like how yeah. that happened like that <laughs> um but it, no it's been interesting it's been uh a lot of different um a lot of different things happened in this bubble so far. We had the whole like what was that three day shutdown kind of thing. Yep. Um yep. after Jacob Blake and we've had uh all these different um you know movements and and, and um groups that people are supporting. So it it's been it's been it's been good to see it's been good to see everyone come together and still be able to play the game that we all love and the game that we all love to root for and love to watch. And it, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the last couple of weeks of this playoffs or whatever we got a month left. And then the right. draft in October. Uh, ho- hopefully the Nets set themselves up for for next year to be in, in, a, in the championship or in, at least in the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, though, I think the, the Nets um, – Arrow is pointing up. True. 
The Sixers arrow is uh, heading on the way down. Well, I didn't I think I your, was going there. <laughs> I I, uh, I saw your post. I, I think it was your post about the is Ben Simmons just a shorter Giannis Antetokounmpo? Oh yeah, and I kind of agree with it. I, I, I mean, mean, I think Giannis is a little more like maybe he's not more talented. It's just he has so much more length and athleticism. Right. But like, yeah, you can stop them the same way. Yeah. And it was funny because that was actually a comparison that just randomly popped into my mind. And then once I started researching it and I found like the stats from both of their third seasons, it's almost identical. And I was like, wow, this comparison actually works better than I, than I even thought. it. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's like me when I'm like, is Joe Harris the shorter, slower, less athletic LeBron James? Yeah. I mean, And I'm like, is TJ McConnell just the white Magic Johnson? Exactly. (laughs) What team is he on? Oh, isn't he on the the Pacers with all the other TJs? Yep. Yep, the three TJs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, what a season this has been. It's been – who would have thought in September we'd still be talking about the 2020 season? Yeah. And no, seriously. And the the crazy things to me is like just – just as a overview of this season, we have all the hype that like Bowl Bowl brought when he first played. We have um, like Shake Milton, who was essentially a nobody before like the last couple weeks before the restart and everything. He's hitting game winners. Um, you have uh, TJ Warren and all of those guys going crazy. Uh, like you have the Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray duel. That duel was insane. Um, you have Oklahoma City just barely losing to Houston in the playoffs and Dort becoming all of a sudden like the James Harden stopper. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you love when guys like Dort – I remember early on in the draft process, he was like a top 20 projected pick. Yeah. And then he, I think he went like second round or undrafted. And then now he's kind of showing the early potential he showed. Right. I love exactly. when that happens. It's like, well, he didn't get worse. He just was inconsistent. You guys wrote him off. Yeah. No, it's – and then it's it's like, like it's insane. Like Dame going off like crazy, getting them to win, and then all the social justice things, which I thought was all really cool. Like I agree with you. I think it's awesome that everyone could come together and, and unite. And like it, the whole thing is just a historic season. Like you could – like you said, 10 years from now, you could be like, yo, remember when TJ Warren was like, the hottest scoring person in the entire league. And people will probably be like, who's that? <laughs> I don't remember TJ Warren. Well, I don't even have, does he have signature shoes? No. He just plays in uh, Adidas boosts or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Crazy bounces or I don't know what the name of shoes there, but yeah, it's, it's a season that'll, it'll be forgettable and unforgettable in the same way. Exactly. People are not going to remember half of what happened, but, we're like the ones that like us that care and watch every game and keep close to us and everything. We're, we'll, you'll never forget 2020, the, the year of the bubble, the yeah. year of, uh, you know, 60 game baseball season, the year of uh, the NHL bubble too. And, and yep. the NFL season looks like it's going to be happening as normal, as long as we could hope. I'm, I'm praying if, if that, if that goes down the toilet, then I don't know what's going to happen. Cause it'll be a complete like, shit show for lack of a better word oh yeah no i mean and then we would be right back to where we were when all of this first started with 
no sports because the other stuff would be finishing off in their playoffs and everything. And then college football has been postponed pretty much. Um, well, yeah, and, and you see basketball, the ACC wants to have uh, all the every Division One team in the NCAA tournament. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so does that, if, Rutgers, if Rutgers gets in that way, does it count? I mean, it would technically be a national championship. No, no, no. Well, I'm saying, do, do we break the streak? Because we would have broke it last year. You know, in, oh, in I see what you're saying. But the you know pandemic had to wipe that out because I can't have nice things. <laughs> uh, I mean, technically, they would be in the tournament. So there we go. I'll take it. I don't care if there's an <laughs> asterisk involved. I'll take it. <laughs> hey, that's what it, if like with all the asterisk talk going on about the pandemic and everything. If if the team I'm a fan of wins it, I don't care. There's no asterisk to me. Yeah. <laughs> so. I would give you that one. <laughs> well, you might get one with the Ravens. They look like they're uh, early contenders, and I, I think they're going to be a really good team. Not that that's basketball related, but yeah, no, I got just you. just saying. I'm um, I'm praying. <laughs> yeah, no, it, hey, it'll. It's been an interesting year. That's all I could say. It's been a really interesting year, but it's been a it's been a fun year also, in yeah. in a way, you know, as as fun as it could be. Right. No, yeah, completely agree. And, yeah, I mean, thanks again for joining again. Uh, yeah, no fun. problem, man. Uh, we'll definitely have you back on, especially for – I mean, I'm sure there's big Nets news on the way at some point soon. So Yeah, when uh, the Nets trade for Giannis, just, I'll be uh, a phone call away. <laughs> then, I'll, then I'll call you and be like, look, you just got the bigger Ben Simmons. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll trade for uh, – who's like a proof, you know – Star proof foot. All right, and that's going to trade for Anthony Davis. Or maybe we'll just sign Anthony Davis. We'll find the cap room. We'll sign Anthony Davis. Might as well just trade for LeBron. It's only he's too old. <laughs> just imagine LeBron. And I don't want to deal with his. I don't want to deal with his social media antics. You know, like <laughs> all the stuff that he bought. Like, Taco Tuesday and and you know strive for greatness on every little post. Yeah, I don't want to deal with LeBron. <laughs> too high maintenance. Uh, I mean, he probably doesn't like New York. I'd rather have Bronny James at this point. I'd rather have 16-year-old Bronny than uh, 40 or 36-year-old LeBron. <laughs> I mean, he's coming soon. What, like three more years, two more years? Yeah, oh, he's a, so- a sophomore. Yeah, three more years. And then by then, LeBron will get the whole high school to the NBA thing fixed. So, yeah, you know, you know that will happen. So, it'll be interesting. We'll yeah. see what happens. Nah, for sure. Thanks again for joining, Mike. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of The Atlantic Files. Make sure you check out basketballsocietyonline.com and the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you guys next week. Peace.